0: section 23 of the uses of diversity this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by larry wilson the uses of diversity by g k chesterton mormonism there is inevitably something comic comic in the broad and vulgar style which all men ought to appreciate in its place about the panic aroused by the presence of the Mormons and their supposed polygamous campaign in this country. It calls up the absurd image of an enormous omnibus, packed inside with captive English ladies, with an elder on the box controlling his horses with the same patriarchal gravity as his wives, and another elder as conductor calling out, higher up, with an exalted and allegorical intonation and there is something highly fantastic to the ordinary healthy mind in the idea of any precaution being proposed in the idea of locking the duchess in the boudoir and the governess in the nursery lest they should make a dash for utah and become the ninety-third mrs abraham nye or the hundredth mrs hiram boke but these frankly vulgar jokes like most vulgar jokes cover a popular prejudice which is but the bristly hide Of a living principle elder ward recently speaking at nottingham strongly protested against these rumors and asserted absolutely that polygamy had never been practiced with the consent of the mormon church since 1890 i think it only just that this disclaimer should be circulated but though it is most probably sincere i do not find it very soothing the year 1890 is not very long ago and a society that could have practiced so recently a custom so alien to christendom must surely have a moral attitude which might be repellent to us in many other respects moreover the phrase about the consent of the church if correctly reported has a little the air of an official repudiating responsibility for unofficial excesses it sounds almost as if mr abraham nye might on his own account come into church with a hundred and fourteen wives but people were supposed not to notice them it might amount to little more than this that the chief elder may allow the hundred and fourteen wives to walk down the street like a girl's school but he is not officially expected to take off his hat to each of them in turn seriously speaking however i have little doubt that elder ward speaks the substantial truth and that polygamy is dying or has died among the mormons My reason for thinking this is simple it is that polygamy always tends to die out Even in the east I believe that counting heads it is by this time the exception rather than the rule Like slavery it is always being started because of its obvious conveniences It has only one small inconvenience Which is that it is intolerable? our real error in such a case is that we do not know or care about the creed itself from which a people's customs good or bad will necessarily flow we talk much about respecting this or that person's religion But the way to respect a religion is to treat it as a religion To ask what are its tenets and what are their consequences? but modern tolerance is deafer than intolerance the old religious authorities at least defined a heresy before they condemned it and read a book before they burned it but we are always saying to a mormon or a moslem never mind about your religion come to my arms to which he naturally replies but i do mind about my religion and i advise you to mind your eye about half the history now taught in schools and colleges is made windy and barren by this narrow notion of leaving out the theological theories the wars and parliaments of the puritans made absolutely no sense if we leave out the fact that calvinism appeared to them to be the absolute metaphysical truth unanswerable unreplaceable and the only thing worth having in the world the crusades and dynastic quarrels of the norman and angevin kings made absolutely no sense if we leave out the fact that these men with all their vices were enthusiastic for the doctrine discipline and endowment of catholicism yet i have read a history of the puritans by a modern nonconformist in which the name of calvin was not even mentioned which is like writing a history of the jews without mentioning either abraham or moses and i have never read any popular or educational history of england that gave the slightest hint of the motives in the human mind that covered england with abbeys and palestine with banners historians seem to have completely forgotten the two facts first that men act from ideas the second that it might therefore be as well to discover which ideas the medievals did not believe primarily in chivalry but in catholicism as producing chivalry among other things the puritans did not believe primarily in righteousness but in calvinism as producing righteousness, among other things. It was the creed that held the coarse or cunning men of the world at both apex. William the Conqueror was in some ways a cynical and brutal soldier, but he did not attach importance to the fact that the Church upheld his enterprise, that Harold had sworn falsely on the bones of saints, and that the banner above his own lances had been blessed by the Pope cromwell was in some ways a cynical and brutal soldier but he did attach importance to the fact that he had gained assurance from on high in the calvinistic scheme that the bible seemed to support him in short the most important moment in his own life for him was not when charles i lost his head but when oliver cromwell did not lose his soul if you leave these things out of the story you are leaving out the story itself if william rufus was only a red-haired man who liked hunting why did he force anselm's head under a mitre instead of forcing his head under a headsman's axe if john bunyan only cared for righteousness why was he in terror of being damned when he knew he was rationally righteous we shall never make anything of moral and religious movements in history until we begin to look at their theory as well as their practice for their practice as in the case of mormons is often so unfamiliar and frantic that it is quite unintelligible without their theory i have not the space even if i had the knowledge to describe the fundamental theories of mormonism about the universe but they are extraordinarily interesting and a proper understanding of them would certainly enable us to see daylight through the more perplexing or menacing customs of this community and therefore to judge how far polygamy was in their scheme a permanent and self-renewing principle, or, as is quite probable, a personal and unscrupulous accident. The basic Mormon belief is one that comes out of the morning of the earth, from the most primitive and even infantile attitude. Their chief dogma is that God is material, not that he was materialized once, as all Christians believe nor that he is materialized specially as all catholics believe but that he was materially embodied from all time that he has a local habitation as well as a name under the influence of this barbaric but violently vivid conception these people crossed a great desert with their guns and oxen patiently persistently and courageously as if they were following a vast invisible giant who was striding across the plains in other words this strange sect by soaking itself solely in the hebrew scriptures had really managed to reproduce the atmosphere of those scriptures as they are felt by hebrews rather than by christians a number of dull earnest ignorant black-coated men with chimney-pot hats chin-beards and mutton-chop whiskers managed to reproduce in their own souls the richness and the peril of an ancient oriental experience if we think from this end we may possibly guess how it was that they added polygamy. End of Section 23